You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Sided Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked on Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves have a somewhat rare Thursday night game hosting the Golden State Warriors after a brief one game road trip on Tuesday in Houston. The Wolves, of course, have won three straight. So, um, I mean, this is the first time they've won three straight since the first three games of the 2019-20 season. So, safe to say it's been at least two years since the Wolves have won four straight games. And, you know, Golden State's back over 500, but certainly a winnable game. So, we'll talk a little bit about that here at the close of the show. I want to start, have a little bit of fun with five-man lineups, a couple of interesting notes based on um, some recent trends in the Timberwolves' uh, most used and best five-man lineups. Also, a couple of interesting notes on two-man lineups, um, who uh, you know, who Carl Anthony Towns has found a lot of success with of late, and then some more statistical fun. Um, you know, yeah, I don't know. We're more than three quarters of the way through the season, so a lot of this is stuff we can do after the season's over. But still, we've gotten we're starting to get some real sample sizes with some of these matchups here, um, or I should say, some of these pairings lineup wise. And then I want to talk about ESPN real plus minus and kind of check in on where some of the different Timberwolves players are in that ranking, which it, for my money is is really the best kind of all encompassing. If, if you're going to just use one and, and you should never just use one metric or statistic to measure a player's performance, because there's obviously uh, there isn't one that's perfect. Um, but ESPN's RPM is a really good statistical measure of of players, you know, compared to their peers. It, it does a pretty good job of taking into account some context around each player's individual performance. And so I want to check in and see a, a couple surprises there as well. So we'll do that. We'll do a quick Wolves Warriors preview here at the close of the show as well. So lots to get to today. Before we do all that, though, a reminder that you can subscribe to Locked On Wolves wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, that includes Apple as well as Google, Spotify, and the brand new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. And at B-Beacon. That's B-Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. Uh, before we get to the to the lineups, the five-man and two-man lineup notes that I wanted to hit, I, I think it's important to point this out. I was just kind of messing around a basketball reference, and the Timberwolves have not finished above fourth in the division since 2014. So even in the Jimmy Butler season, I remember the Wolves got the eighth seed, right? They finished fourth out of five teams in their division with 47 wins. There's been one time since the league went to three divisions in each each conference back in 2004. One time have the Wolves finished above fourth in their division. That was the year that they went 40 and 42 under Rick Adelman in his final season when Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio were on the team and Nikola Pekovic and this team, uh, Andre Karolenko, uh, the team completely underachieved their their Pythagorean win loss. They had some bad luck and close late losses. They were actually third in the division with 40 wins, but missed the playoffs that year. Um, and that was, they, they finished third. Otherwise, they finished fourth or fifth every other season. The only year since that year with Rick Adelman, which is now seven years ago, that they finished above fifth was in 2017-18 when they won 47 games with Jimmy Butler and finished fourth. And I say all of this because the Wolves have a legit chance to finish fourth this year. They're only two and a half games behind Oklahoma City. 
The Wolves have nine games to play. Oklahoma City hasn't won in forever. Shea Gilgis Alexander isn't about to step onto that court, and the Thunder are not trying to win. I think it's very likely the Wolves make up that two and a half game gap and finish fourth in division. It doesn't matter at all. Literally doesn't matter. Just was fascinating to me that even in the year when the Wolves were good, they still finished fourth in their division. And to add another layer to this, the team they finished ahead of was Denver. Remember, they beat Denver in game 82 to make the playoffs. Whichever team lost was not going to make the playoffs. That was Denver. So it took until the last game, almost all five teams almost made the playoffs that year. The Wolves still only finished one game behind Utah. So that was the year Portland won the division with 49 wins. Oklahoma City and Utah tied for second, a game behind them. And the Wolves were only a game behind them with 47 wins followed by Denver with 46 wins. So you had all five teams in the Northwest Division were within three games of one another when the season was over. Uh, And obviously since then, the Wolves have been cellar dwellers um, in, well, not just in the division, but really in the conference for the most part over the past few years. So uh, I don't know. I just thought that was weird. Okay, let's jump into the lineups thing. Um, So right as of right now, the Timberwolves most used lineup this five-man lineup, I should say, this season is the current starting lineup, the one we're seeing night in and night out with night out, night in and night out with Ricky Rubio, Anthony Edwards, Josh Okogie, Jade McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns. That lineup has shared the floor for 140 minutes. This is according to NBA stats, nba.com slash stats. Um, 140 minutes together, and it has a positive net rating, but barely. A 0.4 is the net rating. So the current starting lineup has been uh, generally speaking, successful in that they have a positive net rating. The interesting thing here to me, though, isn't necessarily that, but you, well, actually, let's let's do this. So the second most used lineup is is an old starting lineup, an old variation of the starting lineup when D'Lo was out. It was Ricky Rubio, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt, and Carl Anthony Towns. That lineup played 111 minutes together, which was primarily under... Ryan Saunders and had a 10.5 net rating. So in uh, 39 less minutes, or excuse me, 29 less minutes, they had a 10.5 net rating as compared to the 0.4 that the current lineup has. And then the other interesting note here is sixth on the list in terms of most used lineups is a five-man lineup, which is identical to number one, except for it's D'Angelo Russell instead of Ricky Rubio. So it's Russell Edwards, Akogi, McDaniels, Towns, 51 minutes together and an 11.6 net rating. So the number one and six lineups in terms of most used are both positive. The D'Lo version with no Rubio is an 11.6 and the Rubio version is a 0.4. And also notable in the top six, there's two lineups that have, or excuse me, three lineups with Jared Vanderbilt um, in terms of most used and they're all positive net ratings. That number two lineup with a 10.5, there's one with Rubio, Jalen Noel, Jake Lehman, Vanderbilt, McDaniels is a 7.3. Um, and uh, there's another one that's just, it's a negative 1.4 that involves Vanderbilt as well. So uh, a couple of interesting trends in terms of the most used five-man lineups. And we're going to see this, pl- I mean, if this continues to be the starting lineup, unless Beasley comes back, and, and we don't know, I mean, he's still being listed as out on a nightly basis and, and his six week time frame of the four to six weeks brings him right to the end of the season. If he doesn't come back, we're going to see a lot more minutes of, of the Rubio Edwards, Akogi McDaniels towns lineup. And also that for that same lineup with D'Lo a, a lot, a lot of times we're going to see that lineup close games. Although we know Chris Finn shuffles his closing lineups quite a bit. Um, but really interesting to see that and, and positive to see those lineups have positive net ratings. 
Um, obviously, Towns being on the floor is is the biggest reason for that. But um, which I actually also caused me to take the next step, which was to look at some of Towns' best two man lineups. Um, and there's a couple of interesting trends there as well that I want to hit on who he's played best with. So we're going to do that next. We're going to do two man lineups, then we'll do ESPN RPM. A little bit of a conversation around that before we get to the Wolves Warriors preview. So uh, before we get to all that, though, let's talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com, both at home and in your pocket. To make matters even better, rockauto.com is a family business. They serve auto parts customers online and have for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The catalog at rockauto.com is unique and remarkably easy to navigate Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. And again, best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the exact same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Dot com. Okay, let's talk uh, two-man lineups. We've already talked five-man lineups. There's a couple of interesting trends here when you look at the Timberwolves. I should say Carl Anthony Towns most used two-man lineups. So his number one used two-man lineup this season, Carl Anthony Towns, is Anthony Edwards. 1,106 minutes together, the duo has a negative 3.6 net rating. And it's not surprising that so many of Towns' duos, his two-man lineups, have negative net ratings. He is, of course, on a team that has had a bad season, and he has a lot of teammates that have not had good seasons individually as well. So you go down the list, and the Towns-Edwards pairing, the Rubio-Towns-Edwards, excuse me, Rubio-Towns pairing, the Towns-McDaniels pairing is third. That's a negative 5.5. towns Kogi is a negative 3. So his first positive pairing is the fifth one in terms of minutes played, and it's Malik Beasley, 447 minutes together. So nearly 100 minutes less than Towns has played with Josh Kogi. Let that sink in for a second. Um, he is a positive 1.3, a plus 1.3 net rating when Towns and Beasley are on the floor together. His next positive one, though, and his best one in terms of two-man lineups— any any regular sample size of minutes is with Juancho Hernan Gomez, by far a 4.2 net rating in 252 minutes. His next best is Towns and Beasley. That's a 1.3 net rating. And the only other one that's positive is Towns and Reed together is a 0.8. So Reed at the four, Towns at the five is a 0.8 net rating in 125 minutes. So Towns, Juancho, Towns, Beasley, and Towns, Reed are the only three two-man lineups that Cat has that are positive. Take that a step further and look at three-man lineups. No surprise here. If It stands to reason, right? If Towns and Wancho are positive and Towns and Reed are positive, what have we seen Chris Finch do a lot of since he took over as coach? That's play Wancho at the three and play Jade McDaniels at the three as well. Towns' second best, extremely small sample size, but his second best net rating in a three-man lineup this season, painfully small sample size, only 21 minutes, is Towns' 
Nas Reed, Juancho Hernan Gomez. That's Nas at the four, Juancho at the three, Cat obviously at the five. A 30.5 net rating in 21 minutes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And and I mean, I think we're going to keep seeing more of it. If we know that Townsend and Wancho are good together, and by the way, his third and fifth best three-man lineups also have Wancho Hernan Gomez, as does his sixth best three-man lineup. Towns and Wancho play well together. There's a reason why the Timberwolves brought back Wancho Hernan Gomez with apparently not that much competition and restricted free agency and are paying him $7 million plus this year and next year with the team option for the year after that. We saw Wancho have a fantastic game on Tuesday in Houston um, and has generally played well now that he's gotten healthy. I talked about this after the after his great game against the Rockets, but remember last offseason, he didn't work out much. Obviously, it was a weird offseason related to COVID and protocols, and he wanted to stay healthy throughout restricted free agency. And then he had the Adam Sandler movie shoot, filming a movie in September. He missed the mini bubble. Um, and then he ended up with COVID-19 in January and it was never really kind of in shape leading into that. Had COVID-19, was out, came back, wasn't in the rotation. And then since Finch has taken over now, Wancho's been very good. And I mean, it's no surprise that his net rating with Towns in two and three-man lineups is really positive. Wancho's a great fit. If he can play solid defense, just decent defense and rebound the ball decently well, his skill set on offense as a cutter and as a spot-up shooter meshes extremely well with Cat. And, you know, I, I'm not saying he's the answer at 30 minutes a game at the four, but he's an interesting, intriguing, solid alternative to Jade McDaniels. And also, as we've seen, they can both play the three if the Wolves want to play big. They don't play the two of them together all that often, but we've seen the Wolves. We've seen Chris Finch play Nas at the four and then use either McDaniels or Hernan Gomez at the three. And it's been a lot of, it's been really successful um, to, to do that. And it's it's so crazy the complete 180 that's happened since November December when we, everybody was talking about the Timberwolves playing small, Josh Akogi playing the four, you know Akogi saying hey I'll play the five if they let me play the five. There were some very brief positive early returns on that experiment, but Chris Finch has zigged while other teams are zagging, and he said look if my five is Carl Anthony Towns and my four has a similar skill set in Nas Reed and I've got versatile threes like Jade McDaniel's, I'm going to play big. And he's got it. He's part part of that is his hands being forced because this team is such a bad rebounding team and has been all season, and so he's looking for ways to kind of cheat that and, and at least be adequate on the glass. And we've seen those returns. You go back to you know obviously they out rebounded Sacramento a couple of times recently. They out rebounded Houston. They out rebounded. They were within one or two rebounds of Utah. I think both games they were like a plus one or minus one on the glass. Utah's a really good rebounding team and had most of their big men healthy and available. Um, credit to Chris Finch for altering his rotation so that he has more legit big guys. He has essentially fours playing the three. Um, even when Jared Vanderbilt's on the floor, he's not playing Vanderbilt the five ever. It's always Towns or it's Nas Reed. He's, he's playing big more consistently to make up for the lack of rebounding and also to, again, zig while other teams are zagging. And, and that's, that's the mark of a, of really an innovator, quite frankly, um, which is kind of hilarious because how long was it? How long ago was it when Teams wanted to play big all the time, and it was novel, and the Wolves were making Pekovic and Kevin Love work together, and teams were trying to figure out how to get more, essentially, seven-footers on the court. And then now, you know, the the Golden State death lineup and all the different lineups we've seen over the past few years from teams that are successful that are effectively small ball lineups. Obviously, the Houston movement just last year, early this season, P.J. Tucker at the five. The Wolves are basically turning that on its head and saying, look, 
if our 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", guys can shoot threes, Towns, Nas Reed, Jade McDaniels, uh, you know, Wancho Hernan Gomez at the three, why not, right? If we can outscore the other team and we can rebound the ball well and provide enough resistance defensively, this is a winning strategy for us. And, and for the most part, we've seen that work for Chris Finch, um, you know, to, to an extent, obviously they're, they're still have a losing record with him as coach, but, uh, we've seen the wolves now go nine and six with Towns and Russell in the lineup. We've seen the wolves win three in a row, win five out of their last seven. And they've been playing more and more bigger lineups, uh, to their, to their benefit. Um, so a trend to keep an eye on for sure. And certainly something we'll talk about here once the season's over, uh, here quite a bit. Um, okay. Let's talk about ESPN real plus minus, uh, this, this won't be long because really I just want to hit a couple of interesting notes. Number one, um, look at point guards league wide. D'Angelo Russell's a top 10 point guard in, in offensive real plus minus. He's actually 10th on the list. If you take out the nets, Chris Chiazza, who's only played in 22 games this year, he's ninth. And the only names ahead of him are who you'd expect is Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, LaMelo Ball. Maybe you wouldn't expect Lonzo Ball, Kyrie Irving, Darren Fox, Kyle Lowry, Jordan Clarkson, and then D'Angelo Russell in terms of offensive real plus minus. Now, Clarkson is the only guy, Clark, Clarkson and LaMelo Ball are the only two guys on that list that are worse from a defensive real plus minus perspective. So you factor that in, you look at overall real plus minus. D'Lo is still number 25 in the league, which is probably better than a lot of people would expect. And remember, he had to play without Towns for a while. He played with the knee injury for a while. He's been really good since he came back. Interestingly, Ricky Rubio is number 29 on this list. He's negative offensively, but a positive in defensive real plus minus. So number 29, which of course, if you're just looking at this, just the the matter of fact, you know, the numbers, 29th, he should be a starting point guard, right? I mean, he he ranks in the top 30 in point guards. So you could argue that he's a starter. And there's also, you know, there's some smaller samples in here too, like, like Chiazza from the Nets. But uh, at any rate, interesting that the Wolves had two point guards in the top 30, D'Lo and Ricky Rubio. Another name that stood out to me that wasn't a complete surprise, but was notable nonetheless, is where Malik Beasley ranks. And, and obviously, Beasley's only played in 37 games now. He's been out for a month or so with the hamstring issue. But in terms of shooting guards, overall real plus minus, he's 24th. That factors in offense and defense. He's a 1.04. And offensively, if you just look at the offensive side of the ball, then Malik Beasley clocks in at 30th. Defensively, though, even for as bad as he's been, um, and he's still a negative, negative 0.12, but because of the way that this breaks out with with players class as shooting guards on ESPN's real plus minus, that's actually also 30th. So he's 30th in offensive real plus minus, 30th in defensive real plus minus. Together, he's 24th in overall real plus minus, uh, which is maybe a little better than I would have ex- expected. You look at some of the other advanced metrics and peripheral numbers for Beasley, and while he was fantastic and and you know was having a career year shooting the ball, some of the other advanced metrics don't love his season. I mean, you look at wind shares, um, you know, some of the other metrics that are out there and he's having kind of a middling season. So it was interesting to see real plus minus uh, rate him so well to this point in the season. We'll see if he gets back on the court at the end of the year. And then the last note related to real plus minus is Nas Reed. Nas Reed among centers actually ranks number 35 overall in terms of real plus minus. Offensively, he is a negative 0.03, but that ranks 19th in the league among centers. 
And, you know, this is a list. Obviously, Jokic is number one and Beat is number two in offensive real plus minus. Carl Anthony Towns is number three. And you got names like Montrez Harrell and Kristaps Porzingis and Christian Wood uh, are all ahead of him. Nikola Vucevic. Um, but that's really it in terms of, of bigger names in, in in offensive real plus minus among centers. So Nas is 19th offensively. And then overall, when you factor in defense, um, he, he ranks 35th among centers. So it's kind of what our eyes have told us that he is, he is a solid uh, all around backup big man with a little bit of upside still. And since he's lost all that weight and he's clearly more nimble on offense. And, and I think defensively he's been a little bit better lately too. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of upside. I mean, he's a spot ahead of Steven Adams actually in, in, uh, in overall real plus minus Steven Adams is slightly behind him. He's just one spot below Deandre Jordan um, in terms of overall real plus minus uh, from ESPN. So Marcus all Willie Colley Stein barely behind those guys. So Nas Reed continues to climb this list. And, and I think him seeing additional minutes at the four next to towns will be really fascinating to see how that plays out with something, as we know, Ryan Saunders is really loath to do. And Finch has been all about it. I mean, depending on matchups, we're not seeing it every night. We're seeing it more frequently recently, uh, but it's not quite an every night thing at this point. It just kind of depends on what the matchups are. And, and that makes sense. But uh, it's been really, really positive to see that development under Chris Finch. Okay, I want to hit a quick Wolves-Warriors preview. It's been a little while since we've seen Golden State. So we're going to do that, then we'll close the show out, get you ready for Wolves-Warriors on Thursday night. First, though, uh, let's talk about Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go. As the NFL draft is on starting this evening, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, let's talk Wolves-Warriors. Minnesota has not seen Golden State since late January. Remember, this was uh, right around the time D'Angelo Russell became injured and Carl Anthony Towns was still out. So this was a Townsless and Russell-less Timberwolves squad at Golden State. Predictably, they lost both games. Neither one was very close. They're both double-digit losses. Uh, one was by 22, and then the next one was by uh, 12 points. And Golden State has not been to Minnesota to play the Timberwolves yet this year. In those games, Malik Beasley led the way. He had 30 points, seven rebounds in one. Nas Reed started, had 11 and 10. And remember, this is when Josh Okoge was completely lost. And the Warriors, basically, I think it was three or four straight possessions. They dared him to shoot threes and he missed them all. And his confidence was shot. It was really kind of a low point for him. This is also right before Anthony Edwards began starting. So he was still coming off the bench. In the second game between the two teams, um, which was two nights later, of course, both at the Chase Center in in the Bay Area. Beasley had 25 in this one as well. Nas had 
19 and seven with five blocks. Anthony Edwards came off the bench, had 25 points and made five threes in the game and uh, had a really strong stretch at one point. Jalen Noel had 12 points off the bench. And I mean, at the time the Wolves were falling in the process of falling to four and 13, they didn't have their two best players. So it's really hard to draw much in terms of conclusions from these games. Steph wasn't actually all that great. He had 16 points on 17 shots in one of the games in the second one. The first game, he led that second quarter surge by Golden State and had 30, finished with 36 points. Um, and remember, this was billed as the Wiseman, the Wiseman uh, Edwards matchup. And, you know, and rightfully so. Unfortunately, James Wiseman's out for the season now. So we're not going to see James Wiseman. The Warriors have had other injuries too. Obviously, they're still without Clay Thompson. They're without him all season. Um, Eric Paschal, and uh, he's he's been out since the beginning of April. Damian Lee just went out. He's a key rotation player for them. So the Warriors have not had a season without trials. Um, they've played better of late. They were 25 and 28. They won four in a row. And then they've kind of alternated wins and losses really since then they're now at 31 and 31. They got beat by the Mavs on Tuesday night. So they're coming off of just one day rest, just like the wolves. They've been at home. They traveled to Minnesota for the first game of a four game road trip. So it's certainly not, um, it's obviously not playing the same warriors team that we've seen in past seasons. Um, or I guess the same as the certainly not the same as the Curryless one last year either, but you know, Curry's been unbelievable. He is, he set the record for most three pointers in a calendar month in April and April's not over yet. Uh, he's been, he's rightfully in the MVP conversation. I, you know, I don't think somebody on a 500 ish team is going to win MVP, but he's been one of the best players in the league this year. And I mean, he's 32 now and he's still out here, you know, shooting what, what is he shooting? Almost 13 threes a game at 43% from outside the arc. It's just bonkers. And he doesn't have anybody else really running with him. I mean, he's had some, there's some rotation guys that are solid. I mean, Damian Lee's out now. He's been really good. Kevon Looney, Draymond Green has, has, I mean, he's Draymond, right? Like he's still a great defender and, and a subpar offensive player outside of his passing and, and hasn't been as good. And he's also now 30 years old. Andrew Wiggins started the season piping hot from deep and, was fantastic outside of that opening night game that he was not good in. I think that was at Brooklyn, if I remember right. But then he was really good for a few weeks, and everybody was talking about how the the Warriors swindled the Timberwolves, um, which may still end up being the case, depending on what happens with this draft pick this year. But Wiggins has just been okay. He's basically been the same Andrew Wiggins that was in Minnesota. He's been maybe a little bit better defensively, although the metrics have not been as kind to him lately. I think he's slipping a little bit there. His three-point percentage is still a career best, but it's dropped back down to 37%. And if that keeps falling, I mean, we're looking at, uh, you know, a pretty average type wing defender uh, guy with a, a relatively high usage rate, although it's shrunk a little bit in Golden State. But, um, you know, Wiggins is not, he's not really your one B he's not really your second option. And he, the Warriors are finding that out as they sit at 31 and 31 and currently 10th in the Western conference. They still play fast. They're second in pace. They're top 10 in defense, which uh, surprised me a little bit. They've been really good defensively. Um, and their offense has not been consistently good this year at all. It's basically Curry and only Curry with any consistency, which is why the, the Warriors play fast. They have to, to try and get as many possessions as they can. Um, but their defense is good enough that they can get away with that. 
Um, so obviously a touch, a tough matchup for the wolves. I would expect Josh Akogi to chase Curry as he typically does. Rubio actually usually does a good job when he guards Curry. So the wolves will probably use kind of a combination strategy there. Be interested to see how the warriors defend Carl Anthony towns. Remember he didn't play the first time around. We've seen teams hard double team him a lot lately. We've seen, uh, the jazz, you know, try and hide Rudy Gobert in the middle of the defense to try and keep Anthony Edwards from wreaking havoc at the rim and switching everything with Towns, trying to trying to put more mobile defenders on him on the perimeter. How will this chess match play out between Chris Finch and Steve Kerr, the Warriors head coach? That'll be a ton of fun to watch. And of course, Steph Curry is always fun to watch. So certainly a winnable game for Minnesota for a Wolves team with Russell and Towns. They're nine and six with go- those guys in the lineup this year. And outside of Beasley, they're healthy. So this should be a fun game at Target Center on Thursday night. Of course, we'll have a post-game podcast that'll post Shortly after the game on Thursday night, so late Thursday into early Friday is when you'll be able to get that that episode. And to make sure that you get it, make sure that you're following this show on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the all-new Odyssey app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can get this show. If you listen on Apple, please go ahead and fill out a, a, a review, hopefully a positive one. If you enjoy the show, that definitely helps us out, get in front of more folks. Um, again, that's on Apple. If you're able to review, that would be awesome. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. And then my account is at BBeacon. That's BBeacon, two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories Today's episode was brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. That's all we have for you. Thanks once again for listening. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Enjoy Wolves Warriors tonight.